I'm Marty Dodson. And I'm Clay Mills. Welcome to Songtown on Songwriting. All right, everybody. Welcome. We've got Clay Mills in the Zoom room today. And uh, he's got a very interesting topic for us. So, Clay, I'll let you kick it off. No, I should have told you what we were going to talk about today, but I felt (laughs) like it was something that you would jump in on. So I was on social media. I think it was Facebook uh, on a songwriting group. And there was someone that posted that they had just heard that record companies trade out number ones. Like, you know, this, the one company will say to the other, you go number one this week, and then we'll go number one next week. And he was saying, great songs don't matter anymore. It's all rigged. And it just struck me because first of all, if this is true, and there's always been rumors of this stuff going on. I mean, this is not something new. This is there's payola in the seventies with radio stations and record companies. Um, but as pro songwriters, this is something that we never even think about because to say great songs don't matter. I mean, to get to that point where you have a song in position to go number one, you've got to be a kick-ass songwriter. You know, you've got to, you've got to go from being an unknown to getting a reputation for being a good writer to line up co-writes with other good writers to get in those rooms with great artists. Um, every step of the way is, is, you know, for you and I and, and other pros that we work with, our ticket in the door is learning how to write great songs, you know? And so even if I have a song at number two and there's some trickery to get it to number one, I better have been learning to be a great writer and write great songs just to get in that position. You know, and yeah, you're we not going to get to number two without be, having a great song. No, or, or not, not being able to write great songs along the way. I mean, we can be honest, every song that goes to number two or number one is not the greatest song, but they usually have a pretty high level of skill involved in the writing of it. Um, and, you know, not every song is song of the year, but um, it's just I kind of felt bad for there were so many angry comments and bitter comments from songwriters on here, you know, saying the system's rigged and this is why I don't care about writing hits and um it it kind of you know it kind of made me sad because it's really not that way at all you know is we spend our lives learning to write great songs and every pro songwriter i know has you know spent their life studying and trying to get better and, and write great songs so it's it just kind of struck me as sad that you're defeating yourself before you even you know, get your career going by thinking like that. Yeah, that's really self-defeating thinking because, and, you know, I mean, I I would take the problem all day long, every day of somebody keeping me out of number one and making me stay at number two because they paid. I mean, that's not a bad problem to have. And, no. and you know, I mean, one of my f- mentors early on told me, um, he basically said, all you can do is write the best song you can write. And from there, it's out of your hands. You know, I mean, w- how it gets recorded, if they do a great recording of it, if the artist, if it's the right artist at the right time, 
we can't control any of that stuff, you know, and we can't control politics of, of what happens down the road with things. So all we can do is either quit or work on writing our best song every single day. Right. And, you know, to get, like you said earlier, to get to that point, I've got to get through all kinds of gatekeepers who know what a great song is. Right. You know, so there's very few instances where just a crappy song, somebody goes, let's just see if we can make this crappy song go up the charts and get a number one with it. You know, I've never heard of that scenario happening, you know? No. And, and in fact, especially when you're trying to break into the business as a writer or an artist or a producer, you've got to have your own voice. You've got to have a unique perspective. Um, Mark Bright, who um, produced everyone from Carrie Underwood to Shakira, um, he, he signed me years ago to EMI publishing, publishing and I asked him, I said, well, man, why did you take a chance on a nobody? And he said, I heard your, your tunes, your demo tape. And he's like, you had a different way of saying things. He says, it wasn't like everyone else was saying things. And so th that really st stuck with me because in the beginning, I remember I was spending so much time going, oh, I don't sound like other people. And, you know, I'm different and this is going to keep me from succeeding. But it was really the thing that that helped me succeed, you know. And you had that little polka flair that no one else was doing <laughs> at the time. Yeah, this polka and salsa mixed together with, <laughs> with a little bit of um, progressive country. It was just a killer combination. Yeah, sounds sounds like it. And, you know, I mean, you, Mar Marty, you know, you've said many times that you got your first big co-writes with people like Tom Shapiro because you focused on trying to come up with a killer idea, one that it would excite those writers so that they would want to write with you. And your focus wasn't on, oh, I've got to write this, you know, hit song that sounded like the one I heard yesterday. It was no coming up with the best freaking idea you could find. Yeah. And ideas that, you know, what Tom Shapiro said to me was the hardest thing about being a hit songwriter is finding a hit idea. Yeah. And he said, if I had a hit idea every day, I, I'm confident I could write a hit every day. And you know, so it's, I, I think focusing on the things you can do is going to get you a lot farther than focusing on things that are out of your control, you know, and focusing on whether the charts are manipulated or whether, you know, when my wife and I watch the award shows, sometimes I can predict the politics that go on and I'll, I'll say, this person's going to win and she'll go, no way. And that person wins, you know, but that stuff's out of our control. You know, right. we, we can't do anything about that and we can still succeed, even if that's the case, if we write great music, you know, and I, I think it kind of becomes an excuse sometimes like, well, getting into law school is really hard, so I'm not going to do it. <laughs> and, you know, rich people uh, that went to that school, get their kids into the law program ahead of people that don't, you right. know, that don't have any connection. Well, okay. That can just stop me from ever trying or I can just go, you know what? I'm going to do the work. I'm going to put my best effort into this. And then all that stuff's out of my control. Right. Exactly. And I can't tell you how many times 
for instance, a few weeks ago, I wrote with Darius Rucker and the only instructions that he got from his record company was we need to get back to those great songs that we started with. They felt like they had kind of gotten away from that. And so at some point, all artists have to realize that a great song is their ticket to longevity. Um, Blake, the in country music, the Blake Shelton's, the Kenny Chesney's, the Tim McGraw's, they built their reputation on knowing how to pick great songs to record. And they could not survive by putting out crappy songs over and over and over. And even in the pop world, you, you look at your biggest artists, the Taylor Swift's, the Ed Sheeran's, they're consistently delivering, you know, great tunes. You know, they, they both of those are examples of artists that, yeah, they they put out great sounding records, but they're always living to write the great song. Yeah, and I know personally a legacy artist, I mean, probably will be in the Hall of Fame someday who lost their record deal because they kept putting out bad songs. Right. I mean, just you, you can't sustain a career on crappy songs and therefore you either have to write them if you're an artist or you have to go looking for people that can. And that's what gives us hope as songwriters is that, you know, if I can write something that's better than what that artist can write, I've got a shot of getting on their record and I've got a shot of, them putting it out as a single. And then I've got a shot of, you know, if of it going up the charts and all that stuff's fun to watch, but, but all I can do is that beginning piece of just trying to write that great song. Absolutely. And I know that the people, people often say, well, the artists back in the day, they didn't need songwriters that wrote their own songs of Bruce Springsteen's and, but it was, you know, Bob Dylan, but it was a different world. I mean, artists today, they're out there 24 seven, either on social media, filming videos, doing live shows, doing interviews, podcasts. They're, they're 24 seven, a promotion machine. So they don't have the time to sit around and try to come up with those great ideas because it takes time to, to come up with great ideas, to hone your craft. So a lot of writers that reach that superstar status realize they got to have writers around them that can deliver so that they can go do their own thing and be an artist. Yeah. And if you, you know, even though you, you can go back in time to like for the Frank Sinatra's who didn't write his own songs, you know, but he, he built a career on having great ones. And there's always going to be those artists that, know that they're not songwriters or don't have an interest in being songwriters. They just want to perform. And um, so that gives song pure songwriters an opportunity. Yeah. I think another thing to add to this conversation is there is more, you know, people are still trying to figure out the, the economy piece of uh, music streaming and that kind of stuff for songwriters but there's more opportunity for songwriters now than there's ever been in the history of the world, you know, with 60,000 songs a day coming out on Spotify and, you know, all the, it used to be three TV networks that were using music. Now there's hundreds of TV networks that are using music. So, you know, there's, there's lots of opportunities for songwriters. If we can keep ourselves, keep our heads on straight and, just stay focused on the task of writing great music and 
not worrying so much about all that other stuff that can depress you and make you want to quit. Yeah. And also, you know, talking about the business changing, people go, well, songwriters can't make as much as they used to, but even that's changing because now, you know, songwriters can negotiate to get part of a master, which that was unheard of 10 years ago. Um, So, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of things, creative ways to um, survive as a songwriter and people that you can either complain about it or you can figure it out. Exactly. And you'll never get into law school complaining about how hard it is. (laughs) And it's (laughs) always been hard. When we came to town, um, we both started about the same time, but many years ago, when I came to town, people were saying, man, it's not what, like it used to be. It's, it's hard to get cuts now. And, you know, and it's the same diatribe. It's the same conversation that disgruntled songwriters will have. Yeah, it's hard. I get that. But the pros, the people that have long careers, they're they're not engaging in that conversation. They're, they're waking up every day and focused on how can I be a better writer and how can I get my songs heard? Yeah, I don't know how many times. I mean, 25 years ago, people people were telling me, "Well, you just have to write with the artist these days. There's no way around it. You got if you don't write with the artist, it's not going to happen." And you've had a lot of success that way. I have not. I've had success writing the song that the art. I mean, the, having the single that the artist didn't write. And so, I mean, the, I think the only absolute in songwriting is you have to write great songs. You know, you, you don't necessarily have to write only up tempo, which I've been told you don't necessarily have to write with the artist. You can find a way to succeed with what you do. If you get to the point where it's great. Yeah. And, and that's all that matters really. All right. This has been a great episode. I'm fired up. There we go. Let's go write some hits. <laughs> All right, everybody, we'd love for you to check out songtown.com. You uh, give us your email, you get 10 free videos to learn more about what we do at Songtown. Uh, We're just finishing up a class where uh, people in the class got a chance to win a co-write with three amazing artists that are signed to major record labels. So we have a lot of fun things going on in a great community of people. Uh, There's also some links in the show notes to books that Clay and I have written, one on co-writing, one on lyric writing, one on melody writing. So check that out, and we will see you next Tuesday. Cheers. All right, we'd love it if you gave us a good rating wherever you listen to podcasts. That really helps us share this with your friends. And we're going to leave you with a song. This is called My Eulogy by Paul Vauter. You were the best thing from heaven in my lifetime. There was a day I didn't want to end. Got to spending with family and friends The day was all about me And what I achieved They said I was funny as can be Had the back if there was a need So broke down when they tried to speak Yeah, it was all about me And at my eulogy I wondered what you say about me was I a friend of you? Did I say enough? I love you as well if I only had more time You'd be the one I'd want to remind 
best thing from heaven I'll ever find Before I faced eternity I never took life seriously what I wanna say is I'd do things different if I could stay And at my eulogy, I wondered what you'd say about me Was I a friend to you? Did I say enough? I love you Well, if I only had more time, you'd be the one I'd want to remind You were the best thing from heaven Find. And at my eulogy, I wondered what you'd say about me. Was I a friend to you? Did I say enough? I love you. Well, if I only had more time, you'd be the one I want to remind. You were the best thing from heaven in my life.